If you want to be like Max Wessel, you'll be <laughs> 250 some pounds of just jacked, pure American lean muscle. Red meat's the way to go. Welcome to Iron Summit, where we cover topics about health, fitness, and general performance through the eyes of former elite Division One wrestlers. We're live. <laughs> Ready to roll. Both got our Stanford wrestling shirts on. Let's go. Go card. Yeah. My, I do have to shout out to the Mountain Hawks, my true love. They wrestled Cornell this weekend. Big match. <laughs> Got to right. got as for performing that one. That's okay. Um, Stanford's <laughs> Stanford's my second love. Okay, that's good. We'll take it. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into I it. Got, Go ahead. Yeah, I think a question for you. Obviously, I think I don't know, most most health and fitness people have probably listened to a couple of things that we'll kind of touch on today. But um, like recent Huberman Lab podcast talking a lot about like sugars and how bad sugars are for you. And then recent Netflix documentary, I believe it was called You Are What You Eat. It was like a twin study. They actually did it at Stanford. Um, and basically they were just trying to push a like don't eat meat like propaganda. Um, yep. And I don't know. I just, I feel like those things, they're so bad because it just like people see it, get an emotional reaction and then like try to take stuff as fact. And I know a lot of the studies, like some of it they do good stuff with, but like somebody like Lane Norton, shout out Lane Norton on Instagram. He's like crazy popular, but, uh, Bio Lane. Yep. yeah, bio Lane. Yeah. He's does an awesome job, like breaking it down and kind of like take this with a grain of salt. I think the one crazy thing about it too, is, um, they literally interviewed the CEO of impossible meats. I like or impossible food or whatever the yep. the fake meat company. Impossible burgers or whatever it's called. A hundred percent he's behind funding this thing. Like there's <laughs> no way he doesn't have some kind of financial tie or incentive to like be a part of this or help push this because less people eating meat means they'll buy fake meat from him, yep. which by all aspects is like just worse for you than just eating regular meat. And uh yeah, so I think we got an interesting yeah. topic. For, for that yeah i agree with you on all fronts even if he didn't like pay for the documentary himself just him appearing on that documentary has that tells you everything you need to know and um we don't we won't spend a lot of time today debunking that documentary we could probably do a whole nother episode on that one we can do one on game changers that's like one of my favorite ones to debunk <laughs> but we do want to and i get this question a lot and I'm sure you've heard it too. And the, you are what you eat brought it back into light, but this whole myth and of red meat being bad for you and it's red meat's really gotten a bad rap over the last 50 years or so for a whole host of reasons. So what we're going to do today is we're going to first go into kind of why red meat got a bad rap. And there's a couple of really interesting studies we pulled on why bad, bad red meat got a bad rap. And then actually go into why red meat's really good for you. Because red meat isn't not only bad for you, it's not average for you. It's actually one of the better protein sources you can, you can have. So we'll spend time today going into red meat. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think uh, I I don't know why it's red meat too, because like most people feel better when they're on meat. Like you ever talk to I, I know quite a few people again anecdotally, but I think there's a lot of studies that back this up too. That like they they go vegan or they try you know not eating meat for a period of time and just like energy levels, ability to build muscle, ability to recover. If you're any kind of performance athlete, goes way down. Um, and, and then like people just spew out like all these studies, like, I, I don't know, you hear one thing once that's, and you look at the funding of some of these studies, like they used to say, I, I mean, we used to think cigarettes were good for you. Like you used to smoke inside and everything was fine. We used to say eggs are horrible for you. Like, I think sometimes it takes, I, I don't know, you got to look at everything with the, take it with a grain of salt and like just forever, they keep saying how bad red meat is. Um, and so hopefully, yeah, today we can kind of get into why that's said and how like, although it's not like you can understand why they could say stuff like that, but they, they just overly complicate it or overly simplify it with that. And I would like argue that for most people, like red meat is going to be overwhelmingly positive for you if you're eating it in the correct way, um, within the correct guidelines of your diet and your overall caloric, you know, allowance. Yep. That's exactly right. What they say about red meat is it increases the, the two claims of, are really, really, but it's really just one claim is that people who uh, eat more red meat have a higher risk of heart disease through higher levels of cholesterol. Those are the kind of the claims, right? But a better way to look at this might be people who consume red meat are more likely to have higher cholesterol and heart disease than who restrict red meat in their diet. But that's not because of the red meat. Um, and there's actually, there's a lot of science and data around this. We looked at two studies in particular. Um, I'll go in more into the, the more recent one. There was one, um, it was a human randomized control trial. It was done in Jackson, Mississippi. So this is not where, you know, people are really into their health and fitness. They had, I think it was around 5,000 participants. They didn't change what they did. In terms of exercise, they didn't change what they did in terms of diet. They just basically volunteered to log what they ate for an extended period of time. It was around five years. And I think that was from like 2005 to 2010. And then they waited another nine to 10 years um, and then looked, went back and looked at all those people that put in all that data. What were the long-term outcomes of like what they did during that time period and tried to correlate you know, red meat and their consumption of red meat with an increased risk of heart disease. And surprise, there was absolutely none. Um, zero correlation between increased consumption of non-processed red meats, so good sources of red meats, and heart disease. What they did find, though, and there's like, there was another study done in Sweden, um, published in 2014, uh, basically showed the same thing. The people who did eat significant amounts of red meat and particularly processed red meats were more likely to do other, make other unhealthy life choices, AKA drink excessively, smoke cigarettes, eat other forms of processed foods. So I think this kind of, you know, because people, it's more like if you're willing to eat more of anything, <laughs> including red meats, you're just willing to be more unhealthy. That has led to this kind of uh, misconception about red meat. And then it's kind of propagated itself for whatever reason. 
and we have this uh this this conception that red meat is bad for you yeah i i think like a huge takeaway from like doing a lot of this research too and just like a good thing to keep in mind in general is like correlation versus causation and then also like don't trust anybody do your own research and look into like who's behind it what what are they saying and what variables affect that as well like i also don't just listen to a podcast and then be like okay this is what i'm believing like go do your own research too like we're gonna say some stuff we did some research but also like you should you should 100 look into this this is your own health too that should go for anything like if your friend tells you to buy a stock maybe go invest go like look into that before you just blindly trust anybody on stuff and question that stuff even because i think there's a lot of things that we just believe because we heard it growing up and we don't think to question those beliefs because we think it's like a foundation belief and it's like a faulty foundation um and i think right. a lot of these studies illustrate too like behaviors around food kind of they they can create weird vacuums and studies and then i think a lot of times too you do a study for four to eight weeks doesn't really tell you the long-term health effect of like a 10-year 20-year 30-year time horizon um and so i think this study was an awesome study because it was a long-term study um and it was randomized and there's like a lot of good control variables that they do but again i think there's a fault you could find in every single study that you do 100 percent. yeah it's hard to, to distill it down to the exact points um but what i think this study Rather than showing us that red meat's good for you, which we'll get into why it is good for you, the study, the two studies we looked at, the one from Jackson, Mississippi, and the one from Sweden, were really good at uh, showing you why red meat has a bad rap. And it's more about general lifestyle choices of those who are more likely to eat red meat. It's not the red meat itself. That's kind yeah. of the, the high line, high level thing there. But do your own research, challenge that. Yeah. Well, and I think also that's like, I've heard the same thing around salt, right? People for a long time were like very much against high salt because it's bad for your health. And people that had a lot of salt were like more obese. But then you look behind the curtain there and it's like usually processed food has a lot more salt. So it's just like people that are eating processed food tend to have more salt. Salt's actually great for you. Like if there's like a lot of companies now like Liquid IV, LMNT, like most people, if you're eating highly unprocessed food, you're eating like very, getting, very, you're not deep. getting enough salt. Yeah. You don't have enough salt, but people here, salt's bad for you. Don't do salt. Well, it's like, yeah, because you're eating a burger and fries. Yeah. There's a bunch of sodium in that. Maybe don't eat the burger and fries. And then you might have to add salt to your meals because you actually aren't getting the salt that you need. Yeah. We could probably just cut this episode right here and just be like, Hey, don't eat processed shit. <laughs> Done. That's how Keep you're healthy. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it doesn't matter if you're eating red meat or potatoes, or you name it. If it's a processed, fried, you know, version of it, you know, if it's a smash burger versus a cut of lean sirloin, yeah, it's going to be, it's not good for you. If you're eating French fries instead of you know, mashed, like, potatoes, yeah, it's not good for you. Um, that's kind of, And those are what these studies showed, is it's not red meat, it's, like, how you consume it and what else you consume with it. Um, really, processed foods are are really unhealthy for you can do that for a, a whole episode on just that but uh maybe let's get into some some of the reasons red meat actually is good for you yeah kind of absolutely. separately from why why it got a bad rap yeah um where should we start 
red meat has a lot of benefits. Maybe I'll start on the, on the quality of the protein. Um, so I'm probably going to mess this up, but there's something called the PDCAA value of proteins, which is the protein digestibility, corrected amino acid, something. Basically what it means is how easily and readily available is what you eat. So if you eat a gram of protein, how much of that gram is converted into doing what it's supposed to do, which is in the case of protein, like repair muscle tissue, uh, you know, support organ function, building block of life. The less efficient it is, kind of more of that protein, you're going to be turning it into energy. It's just a crappy version of carbs, essentially. Um, red meat has out of the non-processed um, protein sources, the second highest PDCAA value behind chicken, which um, is also a good protein source, but beef is second. There are some higher, like whey protein is the highest, I believe. It's, I believe it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred PDCAA value, but that's a pro that's a processed source of protein. So you could argue, you know, we can make argument just talking about processed. I don't think this is not me saying whey is bad, but beef is for non-processed. Excellent. Um, and then uh, and this is kind of why you can make an argument for it over chicken or at least alongside chicken is not only does it have such a, a great uh, kind of PDCAA or protein value when you consume it, but it also has a ton of micronutrients that come along with it that aren't in other sources of protein. Yeah, 100%. And I think Max too, and maybe we'll we'll link it in the show notes, but like that video that you sent earlier this week, we were kind of talking about some of this stuff. Um, Dr. Mike. I was talking about. Yeah, 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 talking about quality of protein as well. Um, I think it also highlighted for me big time, like the importance of like com like combining foods together. And like we've talked about that before in terms of just like not spiking your insulin as much. Yeah, or, like eat protein, protein first. Yeah. Right. But but like there's a lot of nutritional sources that like you're not gonna absorb the amount of nutrients that you need to the like most optimal level if you're not combining it with other foods and like protein, same thing, like especially plant-based proteins, you don't get all the essential amino acids. And so like putting different sources of protein together and different foods together, it creates like, I don't know, cocktail for like lack yeah. of a better word of like the correct, um, building blocks that your body can actually break down. And so like meat is like this awesome package thing together, like red meat, like chicken's awesome. You digest it very well. It's great protein, super lean, but it doesn't have like the micronutrients that a red meat has. Um, and so like, if you need these micronutrients, it's super important to like, I, I think red meat is like a staple of a diet or should be a staple of your diet. And that means you need to look at like your overall diet and calorie goals and make sure that your fats are within line and, and everything like that. Right. But it is, it packs such a big punch for like the amount of like weight and like gram to gram a protein source versus yep. a lot of other protein sources. Yeah. Because you're getting a really digestible protein and then getting all these micronutrients, which beef contains iron, zinc, a whole lot of B vitamins, uh, a lot of L-carnitine and a lot of creatine. I know we've talked about that, but eight ounces of beef, of lean beef has about three to five grams of creatine. Um, so you're getting all that in red meat, which you don't really get with a lot of the other 
meat sources. So if you were looking at, you know, if I'm going down my checklist of protein sources, right? One, I want it not processed, or I want to get as much of my protein from an unprocessed source as possible. So beef, not processed, check. Is it highly digestible? Yes, check. Does it have a lot of micronutrients? Yes, check. I don't know if there's another protein source that ticks all those three boxes. Um, I think salmon is probably close, but salmon's also very high in fat where you also have, you have leaner choices when it comes to red meat. Yeah. And, and I think one thing too, that like a huge deal with red meat is the iron content. Um, because like red meat has a significant source. It's a significant, significant source of hemi iron, which is like more easily absorbed by the body than like plant-based irons. And I think like, that's a huge deal. One, if you're an athlete, and then another subset of that is like females need a lot of iron. Like I know a lot of females that are like low in iron. It's because you're like, you're menstruating every month. You're like, there's a lot of iron needs yeah. for, from the body. And so it's like red meat is an excellent way to get this. It absorbs better. And like, not all iron is created equally because you could, you could have as much iron as you want. If your body doesn't absorb it, it doesn't help. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that we've kind of established now why it's good for you. It's because of its quality source protein, all the micronutrients that come along with it. And it kind of, like you said, kind of presents itself as this full package that you're really not going to get from another source of food in terms of digestibility of protein and amount of micronutrients. Well, and I think one more thing to, to mention there is like, it tastes good. It's so much yes. easier to get down. Like when it's you're. Served. Huge cutting huge <laughs> when you're cutting weight or you're bulking, red meat tastes so much better than chicken. And like, like that's a personal opinion, but I feel like most people would agree with that. Um, and it's very versatile. Like you could have yeah. make a steak, you can make tacos out of it, you can make burgers, you could throw it in a a rice bowl. Like you can do a bunch of different things. It's super easy to to cook. You're not like food safety wise. Your red meat can have some pink in it where chicken it's like you better cook it all the way you know i think there's a lot of just enjoyment factors too that's always important as well like this is something that tastes good feels like a treat and it's really good for you yeah absolutely so let's get to some uh like recommendations on like uh because you can definitely like anything any other food but you can consume red meat in a way that's not healthy um so what are like some of the recommendations around like what to look at when choosing a good source of red meat. Yeah, I, th I think some of this too is like one framing. I know, I feel like all we're doing this episode is framing stuff, but mm -hmm. like um, it's, it's content, context dependent and like obviously better meats would be like a grass-fed meat, um, a pasture-raised meat, like stuff like that. Obviously, there's also budget restrictions with stuff like that. It's obviously a lot more expensive. Um, I think that the micronutrient profile and everything that I've read is a little bit better when you're getting those better sources of meat. So if you're like able to and willing to, I think it's better to get these like better cuts of meat. Um, but that doesn't mean that like if you're not getting grass fed red meat, you shouldn't be eating red meat. Like it still has a lot of very good benefits for you and it's still like it's still an awesome source of protein, micronutrients, macronutrients. Yep. I think that's, that is, that's really good. So like organic grass fed, pasture raised, just a good quality source. I think the other thing, and you could, if I were 
to make a scientific argument against red meat, I would, because a, a lot of the current arguments against red meat about cholesterol and heart disease aren't, that's not real science. But if I were to make a scientific argument, I would criticize the fat content of certain sources of red meat and that people can often overeat fat if they're eating too much red meat. So I would say if you're eating a lot of red meat, you need to be sure you're choosing leaner sources of red meat. Or if you are getting a fat, a fattier cut of steak or, you know, ribeye is like one of the best things on this planet that you're just aware of how much fat is in it. And you're working that into your overall fitness goals, whether you're counting macros or not, just, just know, you know, this has a lot of fat. Maybe I shouldn't have as much fat, you know, earlier in the day. And even <laughs> we haven't touched on it yet, but the fats actually in red meat are super dense in omega threes and sixes, which are good for you. Yeah. If you don't overeat them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a good point too, is like, you'll hear a doctor be like, Hey, watch your red meat. But usually that's to somebody that's like maybe a little bit overweight has like their lipid levels aren't great. Like, you know, if, if your doctor tells you to like cut back on something, if you were within like, if you were in within a macro range of where you should be and you were in like peak body shape, I've never like. I don't think there's an argument to like not eat red meat or cut back on red meat. Yeah. And even if I were to nitpick that statement, I'd tell someone, Hey, don't eat fatty red meat. Go eat some top sirloin. Like top sirloin, like has zero fat in it, right? It's like 99% protein. It's yeah. leaner than it's like as lean as chicken breast. Go eat some top sirloin. Go eat a, uh, you know, like we, we haven't talked about it at all, but like game, wild game, like elk, bison, yeah, that stuff's like 99% lean. If you're, if you're getting the lean sources, like a, a chuck, you know, like a leaner chuck can be like 98% lean. So if you're eating that, it doesn't, you're going to lose weight. There's no fat in it. It's a highly dense protein. It's got the good micronutrients. So just make sure you're being mindful of your choices of red meat. Don't eat red. Like we're not giving you a free call pass to eat ribeye four meals a day. Make, <laughs> make good choices, eat ribeye because it's amazing, but just understand what you're eating and, you know, Buy leaner ground beef. Don't buy 80-20, buy 93-7. I guess maybe this is helpful. Maybe it's not, Max, but I'm just curious. Like, what do you think your typical week looks like in terms of like how many days a week you're eating red meat? And are you mindful of this throughout the week when you're, you know, obviously there might be a day where something happens and you're on vacation or something and you eat more red meat than you meant to. But like generally, what are you, what are you eating? And what do you like, how do you think about red meat in your day-to-day -day life? I... <laughs> So I, if anything, I eat less red meat on vacation. <laughs> okay. Red meat is, I would say I get 70-ish, 70, 75% of my protein from red meat, which means I'm eating out of my, I eat like four to five meals a day. I'd say like two to three of those are red meat. So I'm eating red meat daily. Yeah. And you're and somebody is, that gets your blood work. Every consistent. I actually, I thought about pulling it up. Maybe I can uh, find it. We can put it in the show notes, but I had a, a period where I wasn't eating as much red meat. I was kind of following the more like practice moderation with it. And then I started really getting into all the benefits of it and started eating it. And I had a, I do my blood work regularly, but I had like the, the blood work in between not eating as much red meat and eating a ton. And I almost across the board, better markers, including cholesterol. Wow. 
Yeah, that's I'm, that's crazy. So yeah. so cut it there. If you want to be like Max Wessel, it'll be <laughs> two hundred and fifty some pounds of just jacked, pure American lean muscle. Red meat's the way to go. Lean red meat. People as <laughs> what's eat beef, eat lean yeah. beef, eat yeah. lean game. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. And then I mean, so to if we're we'll just summarize everything real quick. But really, red meat is a highly nutritious nutrient dense source of protein especially the leaner options um if you eat good sources of red meat you're kind of following our our guidance of leaner sources pasture raised organic uh good sources of red meat there's no correlation between that and increased heart disease and and or and or cholesterol and um also to your point earlier ryan do your own research and try and poke holes in this. And if you eat a bunch of red meat and you feel like trash, then don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think people, the, the other argument I have heard, um, not to open a can of worms too much, but like they're saying like inflammation in their body. But I think that's also something that's like, if you're eating a lot of extra calories, you're going to have inflammation in your body. And so it's like everything within moderation and not that I would suggest you going on like an all McDonald's diet, but there's a lot of people that have done like the, I'm not sure that I like love this community, but the, like if it fits your macros community where they're like, look, I could eat whatever I want. And as long as it's within these macros, my body will stay um, the same. And I think there's an argument for like, obviously quality and you want quality stuff, but just in terms of like, you might not gain, you're, you're not going to gain weight if you're within a caloric, like yeah. value. Um, and I don't think that's any different with this red meat. Like if you're, if you're overeating by 3000 calories a day and you're eating red meat, then yeah, it's going to look like this. Wait, that's bad for you, but it's just your caloric intake is too high. It's not the red meat necessarily that's doing that. Even if it might be a contributing factor because it's a significant amount of your calories. Yeah. Actually, when I eat more red meat, my, in my blood work and just how I feel, my inflammatory markers are down. It's probably because of the, the good micronutrients that come along with it. So if you're using red meat as a, a tool for your health, you're making the good choices around it, you're, you're doing the, the right things outside of your red meat consumption, you're not smoking cigarettes and having five drinks a night, then you're going to be in good shape. You, you got to look at your diet overall before just pointing to like, it's so funny. Like we'll point to red meat. It's like point to, what about the Snickers bar you had? What about like the, the tub of Ben and Jerry's? What about the, you, you know, everything else? Um, cause I think there's a lot of things that if you really think red meat's your issue, I would eliminate a lot of things before I'd eliminate red meat. Like, I don't think I like personally, I would never eliminate the red meat, but like, <laughs> I, I think if you're going down that road, start taking out other stuff that you know are worse for you before getting to this, because it's a, it's a great protein source. It tastes good. That's that's like up for interpretation. Maybe you don't like red meat as much, um, but I find I find it hard to believe that you can't find a way that you like red meat just because of how versatile it is. Yeah, it's very good micronutrients. Like outside of like you said, maybe a salmon. I don't think there's many other meats or many other things in general that just pack as much of a punch. Um, and then every single high performing athlete not every single one there's some anomalies i guess but a mass majority of high performing athletes and high performing 
people that are trying to maintain muscle mass are eating a significant amount of meat and within that red meat. Um, and I know that's kind of a blanket statement, but there, there's so many benefits to red meat. It's crazy to me when people are like, oh, you shouldn't eat that red meat's bad for you while they're eating, you know, chips yeah. and, and you, you know, it's like, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. hundred percent. So to cap it off, eat red meat, make good choices with your red meat and do your own research. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.